Oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome back to New Rain, the Two Lights podcast. Um, my name is Sumaya, and the other speaker is Asil. Um, and happy Ramadan! Ramadan Kareem, everyone. Today is day two of Ramadan. We only have about three hours left of the day. Um, but yeah, I hope everyone is having a good Ramadan so far. Um, today, we, we're not going to be talking specifically about a Ramadan-based topic, but I think we can definitely bring Ramadan into this topic. Yeah. So, a few weeks ago, or maybe it was like, I don't know, it was at some point, I was scrolling through Instagram, and I stumbled upon this one video of a famous figure um who I don't actually don't really know her at all but when I clicked on her profile like she had a really big following and Mm -hmm. all this stuff but she was essentially responding to this question that I guess she was getting a lot so she's a hijabi Muslim woman um and like I said she has a pretty big following on um social media and she was addressing this question of oh how do you pray with nails on so she's you know she's someone that has like acrylic nails and um I guess a lot of people were kind of catching on to the fact like oh how do you pray if you always have your acrylics done Mm -hmm. um etc etc again I don't know her very well so I'm not coming from like a judging standpoint it was Mm -hmm. just something that really caught my attention and I listened to the whole video so she was responding to this question and she said you know, I really believe that in Islam, God aims to make things easy for us. And um, essentially her argument was that it's easier for her to just have her nails done because it's something that she likes to do. And so she's just going to keep doing it because she, you know, believes that God just wants, you know, wants ease for us. And so she's not going to change her ways because... She thinks, okay, I have my acrylics, that's great. Um, and, yeah, so, so for those of you that might not know, you know, we as, as Muslim women, we don't even apply nail polish um, yeah. when, we can, when we can pray because when we make wudu, which is the ablution, it's, it's an integral part before our salah. Like your salah, mm-hmm. your prayer is not going to be valid if you do not make wudu, if, you're not, if you don't cleanse yourself. And part of that is that the water has to go into your nail beds. And so nail polish stops that from happening. Acrylic nails or fake nails or whatever stops that from happening. Mm -hmm. So as women, when we're on our periods, a lot of the time, like we'll get our nails done or we'll, we'll put nail polish on or that kind of stuff. Cause it's okay. Cause we're not praying. Yeah. But if you're, if you're going to pray, you cannot have something that blocks the water from going into your nail beds because then, you know, it it affects your prayer. Your prayer is not going to be the same because your wudu is not um, complete in a sense. Um, so that was kind of just a little background information, but the video, you know, that I just described, it really made me think like in this day and age, there are number one, there are so many people who don't understand the true meaning of Islam. Mm -hmm. And number two, people just want to do whatever they want to do. And they, you know, they misinterpret as from the Quran. Um, so first and foremost, you know, this episode is really about Islam and, and the, the word, its essence. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Islam in Arabic, it means to submit, mm-hmm. to submit. And 
you know, if we're thinking about anything else, if you submit to something, you don't do it halfway. You don't pick and choose which parts of it that yeah. you're willing to follow. If you're submitting, you have to go in all, you have to go all in. It's yeah. not, it's not like, oh, I'm going to do some things if I want. I'm not going to do some things if I don't want. It's, I have to follow what's being taught a hundred percent. Yes. That means submission. And I think that a lot of people forget that or they just disregard it nowadays. Mm-hmm. And then before I pass it on to Asil, there is an ayah in the Quran, in Surah Al-Baqarah, I just read it today, in the second just, and it says, you know, that, that God wants ease for us. He doesn't yes. want hardship for us. But that does not mean that you decide that, oh, if it's just easier for me to have acrylic nails on all the time, then I'm just going to do that instead of actually following what God commanded. Yes. God wants ease for us, but you can't you can't take that and misinterpret it in a way that's like, I'm going to do whatever I want because it's easier for me this yeah. way. There are still guidelines, there are still rules, and we still, if we call ourselves Muslims, people who submit, then we can't just pick and choose. Yeah, no, I agree, because when once you start picking and choosing when it comes to religion, it becomes more of like an ethnicity, it becomes more of like a cultural thing. Like, we see that with other mainstream religions, like, yeah. I'm by name Christian, or I'm by name Jewish, but you know, if you don't follow those teachings in um in the holy book in what was revealed to us then are you really a true believer and that's where i kind of want to steer this conversation is what makes a true believer you can't be a muslim and necessarily do the things that are strictly prohibited in islam like everyone can agree that alcohol uh, drinking alcohol is prohibited in islam Right. right but if you say oh it's easier just for me to drink alcohol so i can deal with my problems then are you really a true muslim Right. You know, and there and Surah Al-Mu'minun, it has the qualities of a believer, yes. right? And I actually like talked about this earlier today in one of my classes. Like, what does it mean to be Muslim? You know, you have to believe in the unseen from like believe in the unseen, God, the angel, Shayateen, everything, right? You have to fear Allah, have hayat, and protect your chastity. Um, you have a, have to have a full trust in Him, maintain your salah, avoid vain talk, you know, talking bad about people, and like have khushur and just have that connection with God. You know, it's a condition of the heart, and people neglect these things. You know, yeah. you can't. You can't pick and choose. And I think that's that's the big part about this is just like as a as a society we're becoming more modern and just as a whole, I feel like even like parenting and just everything that you're seeing, it's becoming more and more lenient. Yes. But we cannot let religion, especially Islam, become more lenient. You know, that's not the point. You it's a lifestyle. You can't pick and choose when it comes to a lifestyle. Either you like you said, you submit fully or you you don't you know it's as simple as that and then especially this whole thing when it comes to ramadan is like i've seen this thing oh my god oh like oh oh, um what what are you giving up this ramadan that's not the point it's not like what are you giving up and then you're gonna go back to it like okay if you're gonna give up a sin that's the whole point is ramadan is a time where you're able to evaluate yourself and analyze okay what are the things that i do well how can i continue to strengthen those areas what are some things that i'm doing that that is wrong the things that god dislikes what am i doing wrong if it's you know having a haram relationship or i don't know talking badly or using curse words evaluate yourself you know you're you know yourself better than anybody else you have to look at yourself and see those things but you can't stop those things only during this holy sacred month and then continue it on Eid. You yes. can't be like, sorry, baby, I'm not going to talk to you during Ramadan. And then you see like, hey, salamu alaikum, mashallah, your dress is so beautiful. And you're talking to your girlfriend or boyfriend. Yeah. You know, you can't put yourself in those situations. Yeah. Um, it should be a time where you can, Ramadan is a time where you build habits that you can continue to implement throughout the rest of the year. It's right. not just, oh, I'm going to be holy now. And then for one month, for one month and yes. then you're not. And then 
during this month, you should really evaluate those qualities and characteristics of what a believer truly is. You should see what is allowed in a stem because there are so many things that are allowed and things that aren't. Having your nails done, if you want to have your nails done, do them when you're on your when you're on your period, when you're not able to pray. It's as simple right. as that, right. you know. But just because it's quote unquote easier to do, um, just to have them done all the time, it's not easy to have your nails done. You know, like, it's actually quite a difficult process. You have to go and get them done. You're right. going out of your way to do something for the enjoyment of this life, for this dunya, yeah. rather than the akhirah, rather than what's coming, you know? See, people, they try to seek any sort of outlet to justify their actions. Yes. So, you know, yes, there's a lot of things in the Qur'an. And like I mentioned, there is a verse that says that God does want things to be easy for us, but you have to understand the context, and you have to understand that God is not going to go against his own commands just because... Yeah something that is, you know, prohibited is easier for you to just exactly. do. There are exceptions. For example, in the month of Ramadan, if someone is sick, you know, if yeah. someone is breastfeeding or pregnant and they, they cannot fast, you know, they haven't, they, they're exempt, but they have to make their fast up. You know, there's yeah. a lot of stipulations, but if God commanded something for us, mm -hmm. he's not going to just go back and be like, oh, it's fine because yeah. it's not easy for you to just, you know, not have your nails done. But you brought up a lot of good points, and I just want to stress the fact that First and foremost, everyone is on a journey. Yes. Right? So everyone falls into sin. Everyone has different levels of sin that they fall into. So if you're someone who, um, you know, you're listening to this and, and you know, it, it's hitting a little close to home, you know, you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing or whatnot. Yeah. It's not that, you know, you're choosing not to submit fully. Because I fully understand that sometimes, like, life happens and you're yeah. tested and you don't know how to get out of that test at the at this particular moment so yes everyone is tested in different ways mm -hmm. everyone is on their own journey this is not meant to be again nothing judgmental it's just that you have to understand again the essence of islam is that submission that submission yes. to god and his will and and it's really about sacrificing you what you what you want for what you know is better for you. Yeah. And again, you're going to trip up along the way. You're going to have mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. And that's that's totally normal. And yeah. that's why God is the all-forgiving. Um, but something else that I've been seeing all over my social media, you know, this past week, uh, before Ramadan started, and now that Ramadan is here, people that are, you know, going around and being like, oh, you know, like, what are you giving? Like, like you said, what are you giving yeah. up for Ramadan? And it's, it's, really, it's really frustrating to see that, you know, a lot of people seem to be missing the whole point of, yeah. of the month. Because if you're, like Asif said, if you're just going to stop doing something for this month and you're fully planning on continuing it after, you've missed the entire point. Yeah. The purpose of Ramadan, and a lot of people say from a superficial perspective, oh, to feel how the poor people feel, blah, blah. Yes, okay, sure. It's to definitely to count your blessings to but recognize them. But there's so them. much more but than it's, that. But it's really about this introspection. Yeah. This looking inside and stopping things that are not benefiting you. Stopping mm -hmm. things that you're doing that are wrong, sins, yeah. right? And then continuing to stop them after the month. It takes, you know, if you stop something for 30 days, you can stop it forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you did it for 30 days, you can keep doing it. It shows you that you right? have the ability you, and the capability. Exactly. You just have to have the mindset to do it. Exactly. And so, you know, stopping something, but and then also starting new things that, that, are, yeah. that, are, that are more beneficial to you. So I've been seeing so many things that are like, Oh, you know, like if you're dating a Muslim guy and he ghosts you, just know that he's back on his dean for Ramadan, but he'll hit you back up on night. I know, and, and those like, bother what? me so much. What is and, happening right now? I mean, I was thinking about it. Um, everything you're describing is like the definition of being like, I don't want to say a hypocrite, but definitely being two-faced. It's mm. one, like, you can't be one way 
for the rest of the 11 out of the 12 months of the year. And then during Ramadan, you're a completely different person. You know, right. I went out the other day and I was talking to this girl and she was like, oh, um, you know, when I'm with adults, I don't talk like this. You know, she when she was talking to me, mm. she was using words that I personally don't say, like, you right. know, curse words. And they'll just really chill and stuff the way most teenagers talk. Right. But in front of adults, they're a completely different person. Yeah. You know, that's literally what being two faces is. You're one way in front of others and then another way over here right you can't do that with your religion you can't do that with your dean because it's a lifestyle if you only choose to actually focus on that lifestyle one out of the 12 months of the entire year what's the point you might as well i'm not saying don't but i'm saying at the same time it's time you to can't you have to reevaluate you yeah. cannot be two-faced you can't be like wearing abayas the entire month of ramadan and you're being really like modest and having hayat and stuff and then the rest of the year you're just like showing everything off but you can't do that you know yeah. you can't be one way in front of the camera and another way elsewhere i think um yeah i think it's it's just it's really hard because um, even Imam was talking about this at the khutbah earlier about, you know, about like, you know, when, when you're around, if you're on Muslims, you act a certain way. And if yeah. you're, you know, when you're not, you act another, another way. And of course, like, I think that just comes from a natural tendency. When you're around people who are doing better than you in a religious perspective, you you're going to want to you do want better. You want to fit in as well. And that's yeah. why it's so important to have friends who motivate you to do better mm-hmm. but it's it's really just disappointing to see people who example like that whole cuss word thing like i know people who are like yeah i'm not gonna cuss this month of ramadan see that okay that would be great if, if that you would continued be a great goal it. if it wasn't just a goal yeah. of yours for just the month of ramadan like i cannot stress enough that yeah. this month is not just about let me be super strict for one month and that's it it's really about how can i again build, build habits. new habits break old habits um so it's 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 just people have a very different perception of the religion nowadays, and I think something that um, that the rest of the Muslim Ummah has to deal with when this happens is that, and I we've talked about this in previous episodes. Um, this discussion we've we've kind of uh, had it on a more like teenage perspective. If mm-hmm. y'all want to check out episode four. Um, but she episode, knows the episode yeah, number and it's everything. It's the episode called Indivisible. Um, that one goes into a lot more of like the teenage stuff that we have to deal with. Yeah. But for a more from a more like general standpoint, you know, when people are doing all these things and they're picking and choosing which parts of the religion to follow, mm-hmm. um, and they're okay with with sinning, they're okay with the whole secular secularization of of religion nowadays. It reflects badly on the rest of us. Yeah. So Imam, even today, we, ju- we literally just got back from the Jama'ah Khutbah, but he said that, um, you know, he's been in contact with the Cabarrus County school system because they're not letting certain parents pull their kids out for Jama'ah. And um, what they told mm-hmm. the Imam was, well, first of all, because this, this is a direct violation of the first, you know, the First Amendment to the yeah. Constitution. But what they told him was, you know, we... And, of course, they're not Muslims, so they, they don't understand, but they said, we think that you're really bringing an extreme point of view by wanting to pull these kids out because we have dozens of Muslim families who have never asked to have their kids yeah. pulled out before. And, that see, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. When, when, when Muslims are not practicing or, or they're choosing not to practice or they're just doing whatever they want or, you know, they're just Muslim whenever they want to be, it reflects badly on the rest of us because then we get asked questions like, 
oh, how come you don't show hair when you wear your hijab? Or how come, yeah. how come you're saying that dating is prohibited, but there's all these other Muslim, Muslim people girls. who are dating? Yeah. So it just makes it so much harder for us to live out our Islam because then it's like people don't under... And it's rightfully so. It's confusing if, you, yeah. if someone's telling you this is prohibited in our faith, but you see so many other people of that same mm-hmm. faith doing the same thing. It's so much harder for you to, to, to grasp. To grasp it's like, the is concept. this even a religion of like of real value? Is like, it just is based actually... off of your preference? Is, exactly. Yeah. And then... And then people go into, oh, well, your Muslim family seems so strict. Like, I know mm. other, like, literally the girl You're that so I was talking religious. to yesterday, she was yeah. like, man, you must, because I was talking, and when I speak to people, if there's something relevant about my deen, about my religion, yeah. of course, I'm going to talk about it. it. Like, today, for example, there was a conversation where there was backbiting involved, and I, I took a stance, I was like, maybe we shouldn't be having this conversation yeah. right now, because actually, in that episode, episode four, as you were mm-hmm. saying, I literally said how there was an experience that I noticed where you should stand up when you see something mm-hmm. wrong, wrong happening, yeah. you know? even as even if it's as simple as backbiting and so I told them today like we really we shouldn't be talking like this you know this is just wrong and I wasn't involved in the conversation but I was sitting there so it was my duty because you know mm-hmm. part of Islam is standing up for what you believe in and yeah. what's right um uh, I think that's in Surah Nisa but besides the point um then they were like well why do you believe that like what morals what ethics and I was like well my moral compass comes from my religion yes. you know and I had to go into a whole thing about that but then one of the responses that I got was well I know plenty of Muslims that talk like this and like yeah. it's fine or I know plenty of girls that dress like you and they can say whatever they want mm. and I'm like well that's not the way it's supposed to be right. right and then yesterday I was having another conversation with somebody and she went, wow, you're Muslim. Fa- there are some Muslim families that seem like so strict. And then she goes into all of these things that are purely cultural or purely mm-hmm. things that just ha- don't have anything to do with Islam whatsoever. Right. I'm like, well, actually, that's not the case. You know, that's not the way things go, you know. So there's that extreme of being super lenient. Yes. And that's how people generalize us. But there's the other extreme of where they see us being like, super super strict about everything especially like on our women and this and that and those are purely cultural concepts and then they're like well aren't all muslim families like that's like it's not a muslim family situation that's from that's their family that's their business that might be a cultural thing but you can't implement that on us so i feel like there's like two completely different extremes and islam is all about finding that median that balance that equilibrium right yeah um and just for the rest of the world to see, we all need to strive to reach that equilibrium within ourselves, within our own families, and our own communities. So that way everyone else around us is able to see the true, the true Islam, you know? Yeah. And you're, you know, you're talking about these two different extremes. They're both wrong, yeah. right? Like in Islam, you're not supposed to just let everything go. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, you know, now that they're in the U.S., they just feel like, okay, like we just have to let go completely of everything. And that's, that's wrong. But it's also wrong to associate cultural practices with Islam that are not cultural, that are not Islamically correct. Exactly. But I think that, you know, and it's, it's interesting because you were talking about how a lot of people, like, will look at you or your family as being strict. But the thing is that they just see some semblance of value and morals yeah. that you're following that are not just coming from whatever your mm-hmm. desires are and they're like wow that's strict because people now they worship their desires yeah. they follow their desires yeah. you know i just learned a new concept yesterday also in the same conversation apparently like nirvana is a thing where yeah. you're o- your own god i hadn't i yeah. was not aware of that whatsoever some people believe in that that's cool that's your own thing but i was thinking about it that's the way society is like yeah. i rule myself and myself only no one can have power over me no one can this no one can that yeah that's not the way it is for us and just because we have 
have ethics just because we have a moral compass that was given to us that we didn't necessarily come up with. That it was prescribed to, to us that we're striving to follow. Yeah. We're seen as like some like crazy Super like heretics strict. or yeah. something. And that's, and that's so not insane. the case. That's so insane. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, in, in Surah Al-Baqarah as well, you know, God says, do you believe in parts of the book and then disbelieve in other parts? Yeah. So that's something that you have to consider for yourself if you're if you're Muslim or if you're if you're not Muslim. But it's it's important to recognize that when you when you are a Muslim, when you are someone who's choosing to submit to God every single day, you know, you don't get to just believe in certain parts of the revelation and then disbelieve in certain parts of the revelation. You know, you don't get to wake up and just be like, oh, you know, I just don't feel like praying today. I just I just don't feel like it. I'm just not going to do it or. I just, you know, I feel like disregarding this particular practice because everyone around me is doing this now, so I'm just going to do just, it. It's easier or for it's me. Or it's just easier yeah. to, to not wear hijab. It's easier to... And that's the thing. It's like all of these things... So I, I've been listening to um, the Omar Suleiman series about, about Jannah. Yeah, And I love in yesterday's it. episode, his second episode, he said um, there's a story of um, when God first created Jannah and, and Jahannam, so heaven and the mm-hmm. hellfire, and he told, I believe it was Angel Jibreel, yes. to go, he's like, you know, go look at the go look at the heaven. And so Angel Jibreel said, like, there's going to be no one that hears about this heaven mm-hmm. that is not going to strive and do everything they can to enter yes. it because it's that amazing. It's that, it's that perfect. And then he said, you know, and then a lot basically told him, he said, I've, I've surrounded the path to Jannah with, with hardship. Yeah. And so he told Angel Jibreel, go look, go look at Hellfire. And he said, there's going to be nobody that sees or hears about Hellfire that's going to, that's going to try their best to get away from that. But then God says, well, I've surrounded this, you know, this path with, with desires and with ease. So if it's hard, you're doing it right. I feel like, you know, like, is it, is it easy for us to walk outside in our hijabs every single day? No. Sometimes it really isn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it easy for us to have to like fast a whole month of Ramadan? It gets, it gets difficult. Is it easy to do all these things? No. That's the whole point though, because you're choosing to submit, you know, you're choosing to submit, you're choosing to, again, we all fall into sin sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't happen consciously. Sometimes you can continue doing a sin, fully aware that it's a sin, but you, you know, you feel guilty, you feel bad, etc. But if you feel that, then it's, it's time to make a change. And that's you know? something I was about. You, you brought up the story, that yes, to, and to make a change, recognize you're in a bad mm-hmm. place, and, and turn it around because it's possible. Exactly, turning it around, it's possible. That's what I wanted to get into. You brought up the story. I literally, I was thinking about that all day after because I like listened to it as a whole, so it was kind of stuck with me. Yeah. And I was like, but those people that get stuck on that path of desire and lust and all of these things, and they're they're walking towards you know Jehennam, towards the hellfire. That's yeah. the wrong path to be following. It's like. There is a way you can turn around. It's not like there's a gate stopping you. Like, oh, once you enter, you're stuck here forever. You that's make not the stuck. case. Yes, exactly. That's, that's the thing. You make yourself. Stuck it's with all the about. Help of mm-hmm. Like that. It's all about the mindset. And like I was saying earlier, we were talking about giving up sins, giving mm-hmm. up these desires. Right. If you're able to do it for 30, 30 yes. days straight. That means that you have the capability. Yes. You just have to have the mindset. And if you can continue the rest of the year moving on to the ne- the next month with the same mindset or at least half of the mindset of what you started on Maldon with, then yeah. you'll be able to, to st- slowly start walking back towards the right path. And when, once you get there, okay, yeah, it's going to be difficult. But yes. you know what? It's more rewarding. It's like going hiking and you decide to take the more difficult trail, but you only get to the pinnacle of the mountain rather yeah. than just halfway through. It's yeah. way harder to hike up that part of the mountain. Right. But you know what? Once you get up there, you're like, wow, I made it. Yes. You know? And that's all this life is. You want to be able to say, 
say, wow, I made it. You yeah. want to be those people that enter Jannah from whatever whatever gate that you want. You right. want to be able to be one of those first people that aren't questioned, that don't don't get pushed into the hellfire, you yes. know? You want to be able to, to do all of that. And and sometimes you really have to reflect, like, okay, I have, if every single second that I'm living and breathing, I have a chance to turn it around. Yes. You just have to make that choice. You just have to go for it. Yeah. Like, and I know that that's, it's much easier said than done. But truly, you know, God says that he does not change the condition of a people until they change what's in their soul. Yeah. So I think what happens a lot of the time when you're sinning, when you're stuck in a situation, is that, first of all, you get used to it. You get comfortable. Yeah. Right? And that's that's natural. It's the natural uh, processes of how the shaitan works mm-hmm. is magic, right? You get comfortable in that situation. And it's, you know, it becomes your new normal. And it's difficult to, yeah. you know, you, you can know for sure that you're doing something wrong. But it's just like it's easier to just keep doing it. And that's mm-hmm. the truth. It is. It's easier yeah. to, to keep doing to keep doing that, even if you feel guilty, even if you, you know that you need to turn this around. But I think that what happens is that we totally forget that we can die at any moment. Yeah. You know, and that's that's something that, you know, we all we all struggle with. I feel like, you know, we don't always remember that. We can just die any moment. Yeah. But um every minute and I, I was just reading something about this today. There's a book that I'm trying to get through in Ramadan, and I was just reading a passage from it earlier today. And Is it a place of refuge? Yeah, a place of refuge, Asmat Hussein. She was saying that, you know, when we pass away, we're going to just ask God to, to return us to, to earth for just, even if it's just a, like, a, this, like a minute, you know? So all those minutes that we waste, either not doing something beneficial or all, all that time that we spend doing things that are straight up wrong and sinful... Yeah. Th- those minutes that's what counts you know that's yeah. what counts every second because and this is going to sound really depressing but every you know our our lives essentially we're just it's we're okay. just living to to die like yeah that's, every that's second that you're, you're getting closer it's and a, closer to it's death it's a countdown yeah you know every minute that's passed every day that's passed it's a countdown like you're you're one day closer you're one minute closer to dying yeah. you know and none of us know what when we're going to die and so I think that's why it's so important to make the change now. And the change starts from in your heart. It changes yeah. from it, it starts from changing your perspective about something, changing your mindset about something because God is not going to change a situation for you until you, you are willing to of, change yeah, until you're willing to receive that help mm-hmm. because you can be asking God for help all you want, but if you're still if your heart is still not 100% If you're not working there, towards that goal, right, then it's not going to yeah. happen for you. You know, yeah. you have to change that condition of your heart. And that part of that is recognizing that I could pass away at any moment and you don't want to be one of those people that are regretting things that you did or yeah. you didn't do you want to know that you maximized on the time that you had here yeah. that you were fully in submission to god and not making excuses for yourself because that happens too yeah right? you do something wrong and you're just making excuses for yourself and part of making excuses to continue to make these sins is by saying well I, there's no hope for me anyway or that's look a, at all these other people that are yeah. doing worse than me yeah when that's you compare yourself one. to people yeah. that are lower than you you should never do that but also within yourself like well, I have done X, Y, and Z. Like, there's no hope. I'm yeah. going to hell. There's, I might as right. well continue these sins, you know? Right. But, you know, God promises us that if you're able to be a true believer, you know, you will be rewarded paradise, you know? Yes. You will be rewarded all of these things if you just... And there's simple rules, too. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's difficult. You know, you were talking about how God wants to make it easy for us. He's yes. already made it easy for Absolutely. us. We're not looking to simplify the religion even more to our own our own needs and our own wants. It's, it's, like already, it's already been made to... It's like a one-size-fits-all. 
Yes. I know that's a really weird yes. comparison, but that's exactly what our religion is. It's a one size fits all. There's no need to try and go and alter it, mm-hmm. right? Because it's already easy for you. If you just religion. follow the basics, you know, even if you don't do any more, you will still get into paradise. Inshallah. Inshallah, yeah. God willing. If you just do the basics, you know, if you want to be in the highest level of paradise, you're going to do more, yes. you know? But you justifying what you're doing by saying i'm not gonna go to i'm just gonna go to hell anyway yeah. because there's i there's no point for me there's yeah, no hope that way either yeah because you're not there yet you're not dead yet right you have like you were saying you have so much time left you yeah. know well you don't know how much time you have left but with the time that you do have the time that is written for you go ahead and fix, change it now you, you know live every day like it could be your last, last. And we always forget to do and that and that's something that you should do when you're praying too i'm sorry this yes. is a little bit of a tangent yeah, but make every prayer as if it's your last prayer absolutely. if you're trying to get that khushua in your in your heart and in you know in your soul when you're praying it's like the condition of the heart essentially to be fully submitted to god to be like humble in that state fully focused yes in just that all of the yes. above right Pray as if it's your last salah. And when you start to fix your prayer, you will everything be able to else. fix everything else. Everything when else you start to read changes. the Quran, yeah. everything else will fit. Because it starts to make sense. Even if you can't read the Arabic, read the translation. Yeah. Even someone, as someone who understands Arabic pretty well and is able to read it proficiently, yeah. I still read the translation because it hits different when it's in your native tongue. Like yeah. you, your tongue that you speak the most, right. you know? So read it and understand it. Try to apply it to you, right? But when you're doing that, just make sure that you don't alter the true meaning. Because it's straightforward. Most of the ayat in the Quran, there is no... It's 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 clear. It's clarity. Right. That's why if someone just opens the Quran, like someone that knows nothing about Islam, like I've seen people that try to try to prove Islam as a false religion, you know? And then they open the Quran and they read it and they end up converting. Yeah. Why? Because it is so clear, even with someone that has a literal wall in their hearts and in their minds and are going into reading it with the intention of, there's no way this is real. Right. Like, um, in Surah Al-Anbiya, they claim that, uh, the the disbelievers claim that it's just a series of dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just made up, essentially, that yeah. the Prophet made it up. But... How could he have done that? You read it, there's so much clarity. And proof. It's and evidence, it's proof, yes. Know? every There's so many signs and so many things that are so true. Like, yeah. 1,400 years ago, how are they going to know everything was made out of water? It's stated in the Qur'an that, yeah. you know, everything, all the creation on earth is made out of water, yeah. right? So... As a Muslim, if you don't know where to start and you need that reassurance that as long as you 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 work back to the right path, inshallah, God willing, you're going to go to heaven, start by reading the Quran and start by fixing your salah. I would say start, you know, with those two things, but also with, with truly understanding the faith. Yeah. What is Islam? What it you, means. If you are having trouble submitting or you feel like, you know, it, it, it really it stems from a lack of education, a lack yeah. of understanding. Because you have to understand, you know, what 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 does Allah teach us? What is this, what is the history? What is yeah. what is Islam? You know, yeah. all those things. It's really important. And that's the thing is that a lot of people just choose not to educate themselves, and they just choose to take what they can see, surface level, interpret it however they want, and then justify their actions because or, they don't want to change. Yeah, knowledge is power, and I know that's a really cliche saying, but it's true. It's true. Knowledge is absolute power. So. Yeah. Don't be one of those people who, number one, falsely represent the deen. And always remember that if you're, if you're stuck in doing something that you know is wrong, there are ways out for you. And you just have to be strong enough to, to take it. You yeah. know, I think something else, too, is that seek knowledge because there's lots and lots and lots there's of so resources. There's so much out there. Yeah. There's so much out there. Um, I want to bring in another story. Um, 
in Surat al-Baqarah again. Um, surah second, everything. Yeah, it's really long. <laughs> um, but the second surah in the Quran, the story of the children of Israel and the cow, right? Oh, so yes. this this uh, surah is named, it's, it's called the cow, right? Al-Baqarah means mm-hmm. the cow. And it's, it's interesting to me, and I was just thinking about this this morning, how this surah, Surat al-Baqarah, is 50 pages long. The story about the cow is maybe like half a page or a page max. Yeah. And yet the entire surah is named after this one story that is like literally like 2% of the whole surah, which is really crazy because it's yeah. kind of like, wow, okay. So that, that it, it, I feel like it, for me, I feel like it tells you that it's important, right? Yeah, if it has whole, significance. It, it has significance. So the story essentially was that, um, and I'm going to just sum it up really quickly, mm-hmm. but... Prophet Musa essentially told Bani Israel, the children of Israel, yeah. um, that God wants them to slaughter a cow. Mm-hmm. And what did they do? They essentially overcomplicated the whole process. And they kept yes. telling him, go back and ask your God what the cow looks like. Go back and ask your God exactly what kind of a cow. To the point where God said, okay, now you have to slaughter a yellow cow, right? Mm-hmm. Which, what the, like what kind what of cow yeah, what, what cow is yellow cow is yellow exactly they continue to ask and ask and ask out of arrogance right and out of this this desire to to just like make themselves seem bigger than they are because they weren't submitting god yeah. gave a very simple command slaughter a cow one cow yeah. any cow there was no stipulations until they continued to to like to go after and ask again and ask again and ask again Um, but to the point where it was like something that was was impossible super 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 yeah rare and impossible and they ended up slaughtering it but the point of the story is like if if they would have just submitted in the beginning if they would have just slaughtered the cow it would have been so much easier for them you know but instead people continue to choose this path of like you said God, when he says that he's, he wants to make things easy for us, he already has. It's yeah. not that, that, that ayah is not that you just choose to do whatever you want with the, with the commands that have been given. Yeah. Right? It's not that you simplify it for yourself, like you were saying. God has already made it easy. Mm-hmm. He's made it very clear. It's just up to us to actually have to seek strive that clarity for and strive for, for our betterment. Yes. And not to be like the, the children of, Is, of Israel, where they were just asking and asking and asking to the point where it was just... Impossible. Out of arrogance, yeah. impossible. You know, you have a very straightforward command, slaughter a cow. And that can, you know, resonate with us today of five prayers every day. Fast the month of Ramadan. Yeah. Um, all, all of these things that are that are direct commands or, you know, stay away from this, stay away from that. Mm-hmm. People think that, I think a lot, I think one of the main issues is that as humans, we, like I mentioned earlier, we forget that we're, we're going to die and meet God, you yeah. know. But also, we think that we know everything. Yeah. And that this is this is a point where it's it takes a lot to actually truly like believe and understand this mm-hmm. but sometimes you have no idea why god put you in a situation you have yeah. no idea what's happening with your life you have no idea what the purpose of everything is or you know you 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 hear a commandment you know or maybe you know if, if you're someone who's struggling to write that hijab and you know you know it's an obligation upon you but you're just yeah. kind of like i don't I don't, I don't really know see it. like why do i have to yeah the point is that you don't have to know everything and yes. you don't and that's just, the, that's the straight up fact is that you don't have to know everything. Some things are just not for your knowledge. Yeah. Right? For example, in the Quran, Alif, Lam, Mim, Hamim, Sad, Qaf, Taha, all these things that start off certain surahs, 
they're letters, but we don't know what those combinations yeah. of letters mean. And we're not meant to know. They're significant. Right? We can't understand their significance. And it's it not doesn't, something that we will ever comprehend. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's the thing. It's in our holy book. We read it. If it's yeah. something that's been commanded, do it. Yeah. And if you have questions about it, ask. And if you, you need to, you know, seek knowledge to kind of figure out why this is a commandment, do that. It's okay yeah. to have questions. It's okay to have doubts. But you have to take the steps to make sure that you... Um, eradicate those doubts and yeah. that you get your questions answered so that you can, you know, par- part of that fully submit, f- fully submitting is not knowing everything, not needing yeah. to know everything, just knowing that God knows and we don't know. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's the, that's such a big quality of being a believer. Yeah. You know, you have to have trust in Allah and you have to be able to believe in the unseen. You know, you have to be able to understand, to be able to, to, to accept things that you might not fully understand as you were stating, yes. you know, and going back to the whole like well what if I've already gone down this path right and like and you know it's just easier for me this way I really really recommend that you read the translation of Surah Rahman it's mm. one of my favorite favorite surah. I have a few of those but yeah. it's one of the ones that I love the most because the surah essentially starts off by talking about uh, the, the magnific- magnificent things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put down on this earth and he keeps going so which of your Lord's favors do you deny which of yeah. your Lord's favors do you deny and then it goes into the description of Jahannam mm. and hellfire right but then right afterwards subhanAllah the balance in our religion he doesn't yeah. just stop and leave it at the punishment of what's going to happen yeah. to people who deny the Lord's favors yeah. right he goes into the beautiful beautiful depiction and description of of jannah of yes. paradise and what it is like for you right that's basically the essence of the entire surah and it makes you really it makes you motivated it makes you like wow i am terrified of ending up there yeah. you know and all of these signs that it's talking about in the first part of the surah they're all things that you can just look outside and see Absolutely. So are you really going to be one of those people whose hearts and I, whose hearts are blind and you're going to deny it yeah. and you're going to end up there? Are you going to try to strive to end up in Jannah, you know, where you're where you have be- you're sitting on beautiful furniture and all of these things it's it's described in that surah. So if you don't really know where to start and you continue to fall and you want to stop following that path of desire and lust and that path of well, oh, you know, I just think it's easier this way and you need that motivation Go ahead and, and read that surah. I re, or read the translation of that surah. I highly, highly recommend it. And listen to Amr Suleiman's um, series that he just put out, for, yeah. or that he's putting out for, um, it's like called Jannah, Your Eternal Home, or something like yes, that. I don't know, you'll find it. Um, that really, it gives you motivation to do as well as you possibly can in yeah. this life for the sake of God and for the sake of no one else. So that way you can have that that eternal bliss because that's what we're all striving for in the end you know yeah sure getting your nails done all the time is nice and it's really cute you know sometimes you want to get them done but if if you are risking your your eternal home is it worth it yeah and that's something that nobody thinks about yeah and so like you said it's 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 risking your eternal home yeah it's putting you in a position where and it's kind of like when you see the descriptions of Jahannam, it's terrifying. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. And, and you know, it's it's really scary to think about the fact that that could be, be any you. of our places, yeah. you know, if, if, we're not, if we're not submitting fully. I think what's so important is that we all have to change our perspectives. Yes. Like I mentioned earlier, sin is easy. Mm-hmm. Falling into sin is very easy. It's meant it's to be meant easy. To be easy. Yes. You know, God says in the Quran, like, have you seen a prophet? Those who take their desires as their Lord. How are you going to yeah. be a keeper or protector over them? It's 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 really easy to just 
to fall into the peer pressure to do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's what distinguishes a true believer from someone who's maybe not so much of a believer is, are you going to stand up against that? How are you going to, um, how are you going to stop or how are you going to not fall into that? And if you, if you have, how are you going to come out of it? Mm -hmm. And there's um, always a chance to come out of it. There is, right? So, so I think, you know, we're in this beautiful month of Ramadan. It's a great opportunity to change your life. And that's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a change for 30 days. It's supposed yeah. to be, a lifestyle how am I change. changing my life? Yeah. Um, so this is the perfect opportunity to, to do that and to start recognizing, you know, we're still in the very early, you know, days of Two Ramadan. Two days. So you but, still have yeah. so much time, but it's important to start recognizing, you know, what are those things that aren't benefiting me? Mm-hmm. How can I be better, not just for 30 days, but for the long run for the rest of my life and like we said in our ramadan loading episode or whatever we called it yeah um you have to make it attainable smart goals yes you can't go from zero to a hundred right right you have to but that doesn't mean that you just like sorry but that doesn't mean that you just like if you're sinning you're just like oh i'm I'm gonna gonna stop like half of my sin yeah Yeah. yeah. no no no. i don't mean that whatsoever but i do mean like you know you can't go from saying like Say you're, okay, this is really, really, really extreme, but just mm-hmm. hear me out. Say you're, like, an alcoholic, and then you're, like, one day, right. I'm just going to go cold turkey and completely right. stop alcohol. You can't do that, right? It's you're not, not going to be able to just stop it completely, you know? Right. it's You're just probably going to end up falling back into drinking alcohol again, right? So when you're thinking of these goals, right, start off with the small things. If you've never dropped a sin before, you know, intentionally, start off with the smaller things and then continue. And when you drop those smaller things and you work on building your relationship with God through salat, through dua, through the Quran, through fasting, because you kind of have to right now, um, those bigger sins are easily going to slide away. You're not going to want to do them as much anymore, right? you know? And you just really, you have to have trust in God's plan, right? And know that there is always, there's always, always hope. There's always a way out. Yeah, there's always a way out. There's always a way out. So I think that just recognizing what Islam, again, what it really truly means, and it means to submit, right? You're submitting to the Lord of of the universe. You're submitting Mm -hmm. to the creator of all all things, you know, the the most compassionate, the most merciful. Educate yourself about your deen because it's a beautiful one. It really absolutely is. And so it's, it's so important to recognize that when you're submitting, it's not just a halfway. Again, we're all on our journey. We mm-hmm. all have room to grow always. And we, we will continue to do that until long, you know, continue to gain knowledge and all that stuff. But don't short circuit yourself. Like don't yeah. jeopardize yourself because that's what you're doing when you're when you're blatantly committing a sin that you know is a sin. You know, you know it and you keep doing it because yeah. it's just easy to stay this way. Or when you just choose to and that's the thing was when you when you misinterpret ayahs of the Quran or you choose to go with a translation that just like is a minority it's the translation and just for fits you. with whatever, mm-hmm. like you know that that's it's wrong, but you're just trying to pick any outlet to justify yourself. Yeah. Don't do that. You know what I mean? Learn about the the religion of Islam and, and things are not restrictive, it's protective. Mm-hmm. So many people end up believing the faith or they get much less religious because they're like everything was just so restrictive you're doing it wrong yeah and you don't have and, the right understanding if and, that's the case yeah and I was actually listening to a lecture today and it was talking about it was talking about something but then the sheikh was like well people are always trying to ask for the the solutions that involve prohibit prohibition like things that mm-hmm. things that are prohibited what about look at the things that are prescribed what is prescribed yeah. to you in islam in this yeah. religion those are the solutions you should be looking for not oh what am i not supposed to do look at the things that you are supposed to do yeah you know because that's the easier way when you look at the things that you're not supposed to do you're gonna want to you're gonna be more inclined to do them you're gonna mm-hmm. be more inclined to like you said like have that short circuit so 
look at those solutions that are prescribed, not the ones that are, like, you know, prohibited for you. And right. then also, she was talking about understanding the true meaning of Islam, understand the true meaning of what it means to be Muslim. Yes. You're saying, I'm Muslim. What does that mean? Like, if I were to ask you, someone that doesn't know anything about Islam, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm Muslim. What does that mean? Mm. Are you just going to talk about praying five times a day and giving charity, like zakat and all of these things? Yeah. Or are you going to talk about the deeper meaning? You know, right. what does it mean to you? What what are those traits that are prescribed to you, the things that you're supposed to be doing? And then internally, how do, how do you apply I'm a Muslim in every single thing that you do in your life, you know? Yes. So, yeah, that's, I think, where you should start with just really connecting yourself with Salat, with the Qur'an, evaluating yourself and using this month as a way to continue to build bigger habits and better yes, habits that you can absolutely. continue for the rest of the year. So that way when it loops back around to Ramadan again, inshallah, we all make it to the next Ramadan, um, you can continue to build off of those habits that you started the last, you know? Yes. And it just continues to grow and grow and become more and more beautiful in this life. So that way it's even like something unimaginable in the next, yeah, you know? that's beautiful. And I think that something else that I, that I just thought of is if we're all in this day and age going to be people who... Uh, pick and choose and, and you know we're falling off the bandwagon of this faith and what does the next generation look like who's yeah. going to be because we you know as as the teenagers we are the future of the next generation yeah so if we are people who don't understand the true meaning of our dean and we're people who don't really care and we're people that don't really practice or we just you know we we know that we need to do things we also know that we don't need that we, yeah. we're not allowed to do things but we do them anyway because we just you know what's the future like for the next people how are yeah. we raising good Muslim children that are going to take that with them and be yeah. able to do the next thing for the next generation. That's the thing. When you pick and choose, when you're not submitted fully, you are tainting the image of Islam. And so it makes everyone yeah. else, first of all, it makes other Muslims more inclined to sin like you or to do whatever it is that you're doing. That's how we came into this position in the first place. Yeah. Right? Because people are like, peer pressure. If that Muslim's doing it, I can do it too. Yeah. Right? Who's who's raising who's raising these kids? Who's Who's going to make sure that Islam stays alive and, and well and is going to, you know, be this flourishing religion if we're not teaching it right or people are, in, you know, just doing whatever they want. They're not, they're not, they don't have this true meaning. If you don't have it now, then when are you going to have it? People always yeah. think that when they get older, it'll just come to them. That's not how it happens. Not you have to yeah. live it from the beginning. And Asim and I were having a conversation a couple weeks ago, um, even about like about marriage. And, you know, we were talking mm -hmm. about how for men, you know, sure, you know, it's permissible for them to marry women who are, you know, from Ahlul Kitab, like yeah. practicing Christians and Jews. Practicing um, is the key word, guys. Right. But, you know, we were talking about how that most, or not, I don't want to say most, but from the pool of Muslim men that, that we potentially, you know, can, can marry, yeah. a portion of them are not as religious as we would like them to be. And yeah. that's already, that's a, we've seen this, this issue with so many girls in the community where they can't even get married because these guys are like, they're just doing they're whatever. Just like, yeah, yeah, like, what the heck? So you have that. And then you have the guys that are going after literally anything but a Muslim girl, right? They don't want a hijabi. They don't, they, don't want a, they don't want a hijabi. They don't want a Muslim girl. They don't want this. So they're going after whatever, you know, other yeah. other girls. And, and again, it's permissible. But I think that I think that, that now is, is it's kind of... Uh, it's disheartening, to it, say the it, least. Well, it's not even just that. But it's like, you know, Ahlul Kitab is, is supposed to be... Christians who actually believe in Christianity, Jews who are actually, yeah. you know, Jewish, and, and that, that whole thing is a whole different discussion. But Asim said something to me, and it was it was like a real eye-opener, but she said, who's left for us? Yeah. And I was like, that is so true. Like, genuinely, if you have people who, first of all, men that aren't even practicing, or they're 
they're not up to par at, at our at our levels. You know, yeah. you're not supposed to settle. No one's supposed to settle. So then it's like you already have like half the Muslim men that are not <laughs> marriageable to you, and then you have a portion of them who are going after someone who's like they don't want a hijabi or they don't want a Muslim period. Yeah. So then who's left for us? And that's so. And true. you have the rest of them that are still maturing. So then you're just it's, there. Yeah, yeah, younger than you, so you can't even like. I mean, like way younger. Yeah. Than you, you're not even gonna consider it's, it. You know, like it's like. Who's, who's, who's left, left for us? So, yeah. so you have to be those people. I'm not talking about just men, but women too. Like We all have to be those people that mm. are going to continue this Islam to submit fully, submit fully with your partner so that you have kids who learn to do that. And so that you have kids that strive for excellence, right? Yeah. If you have that strong foundation where you both you and your partner are striving for excellence, are striving for the sake of the akhirah, right? Yeah. You'll be raising kids on the same foundation, right? Yeah. You have to have that strong foundation. But if we start now with just like, oh, whatever, it'll happen when I get older, your kids are just going to learn from you. And it's you know, like, oh, whatever. It's oh, whatever. Oh, whatever. It's the next now. generation whatever. is, oh, whatever, until the point where Islam becomes an ethnicity. It's strange. And we don't, it's weird. Right? It doesn't make sense. It's incomplete. It's, well, why? Well, I don't know the answer to that. Why? Why? Because why? I never educated what myself. Why are you going to tell your kids like, when they ask you questions? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, you know? I was raised in a family where both my parents are extremely knowledgeable about Islam, where if I had any question, if they didn't know the answer, they would figure out a way to find out that answer. It's not right. just, or they oh, would it's empower just you to find the answer yourself. And then we would have discussions about it because I had that strong Islamic foundation but if we continue on the trajectory that we are on there's no, no one is going to know the answer for why. Yeah. Why do we pray five times a day? I, I don't know. Yeah. Why? What, what is? Why is this? Why do we believe in angels? Do do? I don't right. know. You have to be able to start now. It all starts with you for the sake of your kids, for the sake of the next generation. It all starts yeah. with you. You're not going to do it for yourself. At least do, do it, it for your for kids. Um, or, I think I want to, I think, end off on, on a note that's, you know, there's a saying of the Prophet Muhammad, so I said, um, he says, um, the Islam, or he said, Islam is, is strange now right at their time it was it was something that was strange and he says it will and then it will become strange again Mm -hmm. and he said but give glad tidings to the strangers and that's something that like it makes me so it gives me goosebumps yeah like i'm literally like (laughs) tearing up now but it's it's okay and it's encouraged to stand out you're not supposed to you're not supposed to fit in as a muslim you're not supposed to fit in stop like and then this is again a discussion that we that we had in our uh, fourth episode but that was a good episode. That was a good. I'm mean, like thinking about it now. Like, but, um, <laughs> but it's it's so important to to not fall into this Western standards of what's normal. Islam tells you what's what you're supposed to do. What's normal for you. It's all and, written. There. And Allah knows. And the Prophet Muhammad peace be yeah. upon him. You know, it was strange. They were they were they were outsiders back then. And we're seeing that again. You know, we are in some ways and in some aspects and in some regards, we are outsiders. But the Prophet Muhammad said, and he told, he said, give glad tidings to the strangers. Be a stranger. Yeah. Like, be a stranger. Um, that just makes me so happy. Like, yeah. I don't know. It just, it makes you. It really makes you want to stand it. out. Right. Stand yeah. out. It's, it's, you know, again, I mean, it's easy to sin. It's easy yeah. to be a part of all that stuff. It's easy to, to not wear hijab because no other girls are doing it. It's easy to yeah. have a boyfriend or a girlfriend because everyone else is doing it. But that's not the point. Yeah. Give glad tidings to the strangers. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we both stop? That's great. You know? And being a stranger isn't easy. I mean, the Sahaba had to go through boycotts and all of these struggles. But you yeah. know what? They were the most, they were the strangest of strangers, you and know, because they be were the start. levels of parents. Yes. So if you want that, that's how you have to live. Yeah. You know? So I think that's a beautiful way to end this off. This was a long episode, but thank you guys so much for listening.